on today's podcast, Julia asked me, she's like, so when should I share? And I was like, all the time. So here's what you have to understand. You have a cure for cancer and the women that you help don't know they have cancer. So your job is to help them all understand and fix it. And I was like, so basically I am your business oncologist to remove the cancer to allow you to scale. But if you fight to keep the cancer, I become your proctologist and stick my pink boot up your ass. And so I think at the point of my life where I'm at now, where I've had the losses, I've had the failures, I've had the successes, I've truly recognized like the, the full holistic approach that's required to succeed in business. And all I do now is when entrepreneurs want to feel aligned, they want to have their heart in their business. They don't want to run away from it. They don't want to be ashamed of it. They want to feel an alignment and an integrity. I throw an invitation out and I say, listen, I can help you do that. If you really, really want to do that, it's not an easy game. It's a hard game because you're changing a paradigm that exists in 99% of the world, but it's required for you to do if you want it to be different. And it is the only path because you won't make it any other way. But what does matter is the intro is coming right now, and I hope you enjoy the show. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. You really embody, I am the niche. Yes. And I think that a question that I get a lot from like the zero to six figure level is people constantly saying, what's my niche? Mm -hmm. How would you answer that question? It's a really, really good question. And I, I will, I will self-admit that I am an entrepreneur that has a resisted niche my entire career. The only reason I was niched in the beginning is because I accidentally became a paleo food blogger, not by choice, but because I had celiac disease. Mm -hmm. So the only reason I started cooking was as what you help people do is my story ended up becoming something that created my first seven figure business. Mm -hmm. But I didn't set out with the intention of like, I'm going to go be a paleo food blogger so yeah. I can build a business. So I think first, just to frame that, like I've always been anti-niche because I never really understood it. Mm -hmm. And so I think I start there. The second part that I realize now in doing this for so long is that my niche changes every single day because I change every day. Yeah. And I realized that rather than picking a focus for a week or two weeks and be like, yep, these are my people and learning and leaning in and actually seeing if they are. Instead, I was like, well, what's my niche and what's my niche? And so I was stuck in trying to identify it rather than taking actions that would allow me to see it. Yeah. And so I have a belief now in hindsight, and I've been teaching you this for the last couple of days, that every single fucking human being I meet is my customer. Mm -hmm. I genuinely believe that every human is my customer because I think what I recognized in my resistance to niching down is the reason I was struggling is because I wanted to help people on a deeper level than a niche. And that's where my resistance came from. And so when I started to recognize that I wasn't resisting the niche, it was that I wanted to help them with the principles, the behaviors and the beliefs underneath them. I recognized that everybody was actually my customer and I had a way to help everybody. So then I pick my niche based on the moment 
to relate to the person I'm helping to give them the same exact thing. And so that's how I solved that challenge. But in the very beginning and even now in marketing, for years, I was the email marketing guy, email marketing guy. Like that, mm-hmm. that was my thing. And I swore that was my identity until the world stopped responding to email marketing and started calling it this term customer journey that only I've been using. But then I was like, my niche isn't email marketing anymore because my market is telling me that same niche is customer yeah. journey. I'm still teaching the same content. I just call it customer journey now instead of email marketing. Yeah. And so what I understand is that a lot of people obsess about the niche on the, on the exterior level without recognizing that people's beliefs about themselves change every day. How they self-identify change every day. And so what I tell people is that if you have a physical product like collagen, you're trying to build a niche around the person that will buy and take collagen. Mm -hmm. The reason I win is I don't try to build a niche around only the person who buys and takes collagen. I build a niche around the person who has consistent habits and behaviors and a healthy lifestyle that I hold them accountable to. And then when I add collagen on top of it, they win across the board. And so because I'm helping them with those things, I can be like, I'm going to go talk to 65-year-old women about collagen today Mm -hmm. because I'm going to help them on the same path. But tomorrow I'm going to go target 41-year-old fathers and talk about how this helps them after the gym because I have a place for them. And so I only have that now because I've been willing to re-wrap myself or re-identify myself to connect with my avatar or niche or person that's having a problem irregardless of how they see themselves now. And so I'm able to be like, oh, interesting. Got it. I didn't know. Like in my world, I didn't know that realtors would respond to my customer journey like they do. Mm -hmm. All my customer journey stuff started for physical products brands. Yeah. And then because of who I was, a lot of my info friends were like, hey, let's try this. I was like, oh, this works, right? But I was like, oh, totally works for people in the woo-woo coaching, Mm -hmm. you know, fitness space, right? And then I start getting emails from realtors left and right. Wow. Mastermind filled up with half the realtors, one-on-ones, half the realtors. And I was like, I I would have never thought to say, I'm going to go teach realtors how to use customer journey to 10X their production. Yeah. But now I have three realtors that are my business partners because they applied it and they 100X their production. And so if I had just said, I only teach customer journey to internet marketers, I would have missed millions of dollars of revenue because I was focused on only trying to do it down there. And so I know for a lot of the people that are listening in the six figure range, this might be a little confusing. I'm very far removed from that space, Mm -hmm. but I still think the same way. And so one of the things that I've been talking to Julia about a ton is that I, I, I think I need most entrepreneurs to understand more than anything That whatever you use in the world, whether it's your information, your story, your products, your services, your offers, that they're not the solution, right? They are a bridge to a solution. And I think people struggle with niches because they think the product or the service is the solution so they don't look deep enough to identify the human below it. Hmm. Because people are like, oh, she's a 35-year-old mother who drives a minivan Mm -hmm. and makes $63,000 a year and has a Lululemon bag with Nike kicks and a Bob stroller (laughs) in the park on Saturday who drinks a Starbucks white latte and hangs out with her girlfriends as she has two glasses of wine every Thursday as she watches Mean Girls with her girlfriends because she's pissed at her husband. (laughs) That is not a fucking avatar. So true. That's a sitcom. Yeah. What I know about that woman is that she doesn't feel happy in her life. Mm -hmm. She feels unfulfilled, so she numbs herself with wine and television. 
she felt like she had passions and a career and then has guilt as a mom because she loves her kids and doesn't know how to love her passions at the same time. Yeah. I don't need to know if she's a fucking realtor, an entrepreneur, a coach, a hairdresser. So if I know that I can help her with that yeah, and I have a tool, a process, a piece of content to help her with that and I make that content, I can say, hey, if you're a hairdresser and you feel this way, this will help. Yeah. Hey, if you're a realtor and you feel this way, this will help. Yeah. Hey, if you're a 42-year-old soccer mom who drives a minivan, who drinks a glass of wine and mean girls at night, this will help. Yeah. Because I was willing to look at who was underneath the label that isn't deep enough for me to understand what I'm truly helping people with. So good. And so I think if you're finding yourself like, where can I niche down? Maybe think about what's deeper. Like, what are these people share in common? What are you helping them with deeper than the pain point? Yeah. Right. So as an entrepreneur, especially as a coach, and I've been talking to you about this, like I see my job to be a triage nurse. Mm -hmm. When I am met with a situation, I need to be able to see the entire situation in front of me to make that decision. And you might come to me and scream that you're having this symptom and this symptom and yeah, you swear it's this so symptom. Good. But if I listen to you and you're telling me that like you're bleeding out and you're bleeding out and you're bleeding out, but you don't see that your throat is swelling and I help you with the bleeding out, you're going to stop breathing and dying. So I have to be able to not respond to what you're saying so I can see the situation. And so when you look deeper, you recognize it like, yes, because somebody's telling you like, oh, I'm unhappy in my business yeah. or I'm so upset about this. There's always a deeper reason. Mm -hmm. When you can find that deeper reason, it solves the niche question. Yeah. In my opinion. And this is so good because I think people are afraid because there's so much information out there that puts people in a box. Yes. And until you talk to the right people who are outside of the box, you can yep. really only see it one way. Yep. Which brings me into the pill bottle. Can yes. you explain <laughs> what the pill bottle is and yeah. how when I walked into this room, I was in my own pill bottle yeah. and now I'm looking out on the outside and I'm like, oh my God, my vision is so clear, but I could have never got that until I walked into this room. Yeah. And it's such a good question. And there's hundreds of analogies for what it is, right? But you know, the easiest famous one is you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle, mm -hmm. right? In NLP, we teach or it's taught that there are seven neurological levels to the brain, right? And what happens is you'll have a trauma or an experience in your life at a specific level, and you think that to solve it, you have to solve it at that level. But in mm -hmm. actuality, you have to go a level above or below it, right? So for all my nerds in here, let's take Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. The base foundation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that in order to have a baseline existence as a human, you have to have food, water, shelter, mm -hmm. right? Without that, you can't have intimacy, you can't have pleasure, you yeah. can't have connection, you can't have those pieces because your basic needs are met. But if you're in that container and you're in the struggle and you've been in it, you can't see another way out because you're looking at it in the container. And so for entrepreneurs, and this happens to all of us, myself included, the, no one, <laughs> and I mean no one is immune to this. So hear me out. I am radically honest. <laughs> I am speaking to myself as well. Like yeah. Julie will tell you how much I obsess about environmental design so that I am held accountable to what I'm about to tell you. Mm -hmm. And so irregardless of where you are in your business, revenue wise, anything, when you start out as an entrepreneur 
you are the star quarterback because you are the only one who can do what you do. So you have to live on the field. Like you don't have time to get off. You don't have time to get a water break. Mm -hmm. You can only do what you're good at until it starts working. At some level of your business, when you get to an area of predictability, five, five ish to 10 ish grand a month, you are now having to make decisions strategically other than just throwing the ball, Mm -hmm. right? But you're still kind of on the field, right? But when it starts getting into momentum, you have to recognize that you now have two jobs. You are no longer just the quarterback. You are now the quarterback and the coach. And where entrepreneurs get trapped is when we are always in the weeds and in the doing, we don't recognize that we're getting hit with decisions on a daily basis. And because we're staying in the field or in the game, we're not making accurate decisions. We're missing things and we're making decisions based on what we're doing rather than what the possibility is. And so we end up with our head down and then we start adding more complexity to the plate and it gets further and further away from what the core problem is. But we're convinced when it's not working, we have to do more and do more and do more. And so that's what happens when you're inside that pill bottle. And unless you have a reset or a way to get out of it, then your perspective will never shift, right? And so it's no different than if you're, you know, in the middle of a boring ass lecture or a boring ass keynote for 45 minutes, and then immediately I drop an F-bomb and jump off the stage, you're going to wake up and pay attention. Yeah. And you went from num, num, num to ugh. Yeah. Well, when your body or your business or you're in it and you're in the weeds and you're in challenge and you're in problem, if you don't pattern interrupt yourself, Mm -hmm. what we call the poof now. We'll have to explain the poof after. We'll explain the poof. (laughs) What we call the poof that no matter what, every decision you make is going to hurt you more than where you currently are. And this is why I believe in the power of mentorship and coaching so much. Yes. And it's like, that is the number one thing I had invested in from the start of my business Mm -hmm. because I always just found that it's going to be the fastest return. It is. Because you're going to learn the skills that you need and that's going to compound over time. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. And and I'm going to be honest and I tell everybody this and I've told Julia this a hundred times. Like one of the hardest things about what I do is being radically honest and I'm honest and I'm like, the hardest part for you is going to be realizing I don't have your answers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know you're about to pay me six figures, but this is going to be something you sit with. I don't have your answers. Yeah. What I have is I have swung the bat 10,000 more times than you have. And I can shorten your swing, eliminate how many you have to take and make you hit the ball a lot faster because you haven't walked the path. Yeah. That is it. At the end of the day, that is it. You make a plan to run 26 miles and I'm like, hey, I've done this a hundred times. If you change your pace to this and this and this, you're guaranteed to cut 30 minutes off. You might Mm -hmm. not win, but we're going to cut 30 minutes off. And once we cut 30 minutes off, we can cut 10 more off. Yeah. And so- It's just understanding that success is never a solo game. Yeah. I don't care who you are, what you've done. If you are having a thought right now of like, no, I did this all myself, close your fucking business. Because when you were hustling, somebody was supporting you. Somebody was checking in. Somebody was taking care of your kids. Somebody was making your meals. Somebody was cheering you on. Like this is not a solo game. Yeah. And so mentorship doesn't always have to be paid. Yeah. Mentorship requires that the people you're taking advice from are where you want to be, not in the same place or where you used to be. Yeah. That's the hardest part. Yeah. And the struggle as an entrepreneur is when you're in the pill bottle, 
you will only look for advice from people who will edify what you're doing is right. Yes, so true because you're trying to find what matches that. And that's when I always say breaking out of the matrix, you have to break and cut the bad habits, mm-hmm. but it's hard. It is. It's, it's hard to it rise is. above it. It is. And and so listen, like it, it, it's a muscle. Yeah. Like it is a muscle. I, I am I am bullish on this. I ingrain this into every client. Like I swear if you get this, awareness is the finish line. And yes. Julia gets this at a very visceral level now. We have made sure it is tattooed into her soul. <laughs> and many lifetimes from now, she will still be repeating my message yeah. and I will never die <laughs> because I'm that deep in tattooing that one. But awareness is the key. And the reason I say that is because awareness is where you can assess what's in front of you and make an intentional and clear choice. Mm-hmm. And any decisions that you're making in the business that aren't from a place of clarity and intention should not be made yet because you don't have the clarity needed. And so when I say awareness is the finish line, what we have to recognize is that all too often as entrepreneurs, when we are met with a challenge, an idea, an answer, something we want to do, instead of stopping, our immediate thought is, I need to do this. Mm -hmm. If you pause in that moment and say, what's the easiest way for this to be done if I don't do it? You're going to find five options that allow you to protect your time, change Mm -hmm. it, or be more clear. But when all we do is constantly react to the environment around us, whether it's your team, yourself, your idea, that piece of content, what you don't recognize is that you're claiming to be building your vision, but you're building mine Mm -hmm. because it's not really yours. And so when I say awareness is key, it's that in every decision we make, I would never not pay attention to me bathing my son when he was six months old. Mm -hmm. I would not not pay attention to me putting him in his car seat. Mm -hmm. That's the life of my child. Yeah. My business funds my fucking life. Yeah. And I want to pretend like I can watch YouTube videos in the background and scroll around and think that that level of integrity is going to get me a result and then lie to myself and think so. Yeah. No. It's guaranteed to fail. And so you have to recognize that when we say to you, irregardless of coach, book, I will name my fucking friends, I will quote their books, and we all have the same message. Mm -hmm. The level of integrity that you have with yourself is the literally the only barometer that will dictate your results. Because I'm guilty. I've gone home and my wife's like, what'd you do today? And I'm like, oh, I did like three podcasts. And what I fail to say is I did three 10-minute podcasts and watched seven hours of YouTube videos because I was sad And I pretended not to know the answer in my business rather than doing the things that would have made me fucking money, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's a hard thing to say. Yeah. But I win because I go home and I say it. Yeah. My wife doesn't make me wrong. Mm -hmm. She's like, huh, sounds like you got some things to look at. (laughs) I'm like, fuck off. (laughs) But then the next morning I'm like, oh my God, yeah, totally fine. You know, kind of get back in, right? And so when when you start to recognize that, I think it's really, really important that We have the same amount of time. And so if we have the same amount of time, the only difference between the people that are effective and ineffective are the ones who choose to intentionally use it. And that means if you're ever in your business and in your day and you find yourself saying, I don't know what I'm doing or why I'm doing this, you should probably stop doing it and say, poof, and fucking pause for a minute. That's where the poof comes in. It's the pause. It's the pause. It's the wedge, right? It's the gap between trigger and reacting and then trigger and choosing to respond. Yeah. Right? And so I tell entrepreneurs, you're going to get punched in the face. You're going to have a client quit. 
Yeah. You're going to have an employee quit. You're going to have an ad account shut down. We know what's happening. So why do we pretend that it's not? Yeah. And then when it happens, we pretend that we can't handle it. And then we react to it, realizing that's the only shitty path. Mm-hmm. Rather than just being like, okay, I knew this was coming. Poof, pause. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really emotional right now. I probably shouldn't get on a phone call with a client. Yeah. Maybe I should go for a walk. Exactly. Maybe I should take a breath. Exactly. Maybe I should go do what Julia says and meditate. <laughs> Maybe I should go change my thoughts with some affirmations. Maybe yeah. I should go embody my practice. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should go move in alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I should recognize that I can't get out of the situation I'm in by staying in the situation. The first thing I have to do if I have an emotional reaction to my body is pause. And I have to train my body and my muscles so that every time, at every level, at every game, instead of my behaviors and my fears taking over, I at least have a breath to say, what am I about to do? What's the next step? So I can check and make sure that that step is in alignment with who I want to be, not who I used to be. Yeah. And... So many good things are coming up. The first thing is when we talked about like, oh, you know, I I asked you just openly and transparently yesterday at breakfast. I'm like, when do you know when to fly first class or coach? And I don't know, just the look you gave me. I'm like, I know what he's about to fucking say. (laughs) And you were like, I never fly coach. And I was like, "Hmm, why? Yep. (laughs) So can you talk about that? And then I can. We'll share about how I responded to that last night. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So it was a great question. (laughs) I think I answered a little bit more aggressively than she gave me credit for. (laughs) Um, So I I grew up very poor, right? And so when I became an entrepreneur, um, my first year in business, I made $941,000. And when I met my wife, I told her I had $100 in the bank. That's how much scarcity and trauma I had around money. Mm. I thought I was poor with $941,000 in the bank and I was making $46,000 a year before that. Right? Wow. Um, with the food blog? Uh, no, as the Marines. That was my mm. first year as an entrepreneur. Wow. Uh, well, I, full disclosure, when I became a food blogger, I didn't know I wanted to be a food blogger. So all I did was post a recipe every day for two years. And then after two years, someone's like, you should make an ebook. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> And they told me what it was and I made it and I sent it to them for free. And they're like, no, I wanted to pay you. I'm like, why would you pay me? <laughs> These are all the recipes on my website. And he's like, because they're in one place. You should upload it to this website called ClickBank. Yeah. Charge $27. And since you don't know what you're doing, you should probably write a blog post about it. Tell everybody, send them the link, post it on Facebook, send them a link and email however many people you have and send them the link. And I had like 2,000 people. Yeah. I made 47 grand the first day, 88 grand the next day, like 110 grand the next day. And then my first digital product made a million dollars. Here's why. Because I showed up and added value for two years Mm -hmm. and I just kept doing it. And then someone said, hey, I have a problem. Can you solve it? And I said, yeah. And I gave it to him for free. Mm -hmm. And then he said, no, you dumbass. I want to pay you. (laughs) And I'm like, why would you pay me? And he taught me how to sell something (laughs) because I listened. And then he told me to post it and I did exactly what he said yeah. and then I posted it and then I sold that and I made a million dollars. And then somebody emailed me and they said, you should write a cookbook. So I went and found a publisher and got told no three times. And then I got a yes. And what did I do? Became a New York Times bestseller. 22 weeks in a row with only 13,000 fans wow. organically. That's good stuff. And then someone's like, you should make an app. I didn't know how to make an app. Mm-hmm. So I posted on my social media if I had any app developers. Somebody said yes. And I said, you know that ebook I made? He said, yeah. I said, can you turn it into an app? And he said, yeah. He's like, it's going to cost 55 grand. I was like, I don't have 55 grand. <laughs> 
And I was like, how about you cover the cost and then you take 33% and you run it and I'll do all the marketing. He's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I launched that app. That app got featured by Apple as the number one health app of 2015. 15,000 organic, 16,000 organic followers to this wow. time. Listen to what I'm saying. All I did is show up and add value every day. Irregardless, and I didn't stop when I launched the ebook. I kept adding value every day and I listened. And every time I listened, I made a million dollars. So good. I just gave you a roadmap. Pay attention. So in that, I had a very scarce relationship with money. Mm -hmm. And I landed my first paid keynote. And it was like $2,500. Mm -hmm. And my wife's like, uh, you're going to book a first class ticket, right? And I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not flying Southwest, but no, I'm not booking first yeah. class. I'll, I'll go on American. That, I was, that was back when I was on American and a dumbass. Um, sorry, American, you fucked up. <laughs> I can give you a marketing lesson on this too, but read the book Contagious. This is an anti-marketing machine that I teach. Um, Delta's way better. Thanks, Delta. That's um, I'm flying. And so then um, I was like, okay, cool. And, and I really sat on it and I was like, you know what? I can swing it. And when I looked it up, the, the coach ticket, I was flying to Florida from mm -hmm. California. The coach ticket was like 540 and the first class ticket was like 870. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. And I'll, I'll never forget this. Like I get on the plane and I sit down and I'm like, I'm not bumping into anybody. I have space. And I just like kind of wanted to work and I got in the zone for the keynote. And I remember I was the first one off the plane. I didn't check a bag. I was right out of the airport. Mm -hmm. And I went and gave that keynote and I crushed that keynote. And my wife, when she was justifying this, she's like, so you're going to fly coach for six hours, land, two hours later, give a keynote and then come home on a red eye and think that you're going to go work tomorrow and feel yeah. good. And like, she really challenged me. And I was like, all right, cool. And so then I crushed that keynote. I got on the plane and because I was in first class on a red eye, I was actually able to sleep on the way home, woke up the next morning, got home, felt better, went mm -hmm. to work. And I was like, oh my God, and I ended up having a conversation with my wife and uh, my wife's been a personal development coach for you know 20 years. And so she's like, what you don't understand is that you have to invest in the level of your future self yes. and you're never going to change if you don't. And she's like, why don't you just make a commitment right now? You know what? No, fuck it. I run this family. I'll make the commitment. You are only allowed to fly first class from this point on. Wow. And I was like, okay. And that was, I don't know, seven years ago or something. And yeah, you know, it's either helicopters, first class, private, whatever kind of goes. And of course, if I'm yeah. getting somewhere, I'll book a coach ticket, right? Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to let it get in the yeah, way yeah. of me getting anywhere. No, it's, it's the principle, right? Yeah. And what happened is in the next three months, I basically doubled my company. Wow. And then even in the interim, and you know this, mm -hmm. um, on those flights, I ended up meeting the general manager of the Clippers. They became a client. I met the CEO of Playboy. They became a client. I met the CEO of Adidas. They became a client because of where I was sitting in proximity. I did almost $2 million of revenue just from being on the planes because I sat in first class mm -hmm. on my way to the places that helped me perform better. And when I looked at it, if I had just given up my Starbucks habit every day, I already had the money to buy a first class ticket. Yeah. But what I was convincing myself and what I was saying is that I wanted to build and scale my business, but I was lying in the mirror because I wasn't willing to align my actions and behaviors to the things that actually was. I was more committed to telling everybody else I wanted to because I was too fucking scared to do it. Yeah, that's so good. We need to pause there for a second because that's the concept of being your future self now, mm -hmm. but no one's talking about embodying it. No, and, and here's the thing. It's not even about being like, I'm only going to buy first yeah. class. If you fly four times a month, what behavior would you need to change in your life right now to save $400 a month to commit to one first class ticket a month? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to tell you what happens. 
the moment you make a choice and you align your new habit and behavior the first time to your future self, that is a drug that you can never stop chasing Mm -hmm. because it's freedom, but it's also stretchy. It leads to more ambiguity, which allows you to find more self-trust. Yeah. It leads to more integrity because it forces you to only measure your decisions against yourself. Mm-hmm. And I have people come to me all the time as entrepreneurs. Oh, I want to lose 10 fucking pounds. And I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. Because if you did, you would have. Yeah. And he's like, well, I only, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, you can't tell me right now that we can't find 10 fucking minutes a day for you to do 100 burpees. Yeah. And he's like, oh, darn you and yeah. i was like do what i was like screw it i'll do it with you we'll just commit to a hundred burpees a day don't even go to the gym like mm-hmm. cut your hour out clear your schedule let's both commit to a hundred burpees a day for 30 days he worked out like three times as much he cleared his calendar changed meetings wow. ended up increasing his revenue because that was aligned to him and he mm-hmm. just forced himself to stretch a little bit and when the behavior felt good he then saw his other actions differently. He was able to say, I can do that better. I yeah. can do that better. Because the moment he tasted his new self, it gave him a different perspective and he valued his time differently. Compounding. And so it's not this big, big thing. Yeah. It's the moment you have clarity that something in your life, something in your business, something isn't your relationship isn't working. You have everything you need to change it. But what you have to stop looking for is another fucking answer. Yeah. If your wife is mad at you, that you're not communicating. Don't fucking ask her how. Commit for the next three days to send three extra text messages a day and open your phone and set an alarm. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that will get you way further than sitting there for three days wondering what to send her as it mm-hmm. continues to hurt her wound. Yeah. If you've been skipping the gym for 16 days after you said you wanted to go every day, I don't really care why you're skipping the gym. Because if you just used half the energy you did crying to me, you'd already be done with your fucking workout. Yeah. Just go to the gym. Yeah. And why do you think people make it so complex? I can only answer this for me because people get offended every time I say this. All right. So use it in context to you. Because I was failing to identify what I was really afraid of. And I was never afraid of failure. I was afraid of success. Because success meant that I had to write my own book and I couldn't use the stories and the experiences of my life that happened to me as an identity anymore. Mm. That's why. That's good. And this is so good because we talk a lot about story and we talk about transforming your story. And how does this come into play when you're building your own business and maybe you can't see that it's not the fear of failure, it's the fear of success? Like, what's your first action step from there? Well, this is the beautiful part. The fear doesn't matter. If you ask on either way, it's just stopping you from taking action. And mm. action is what will help you recognize which fear it is and what behavior to change. Yeah. That's the hardest part that it took me the longest time to understand. I was more committed to understanding the why mm-hmm. than I was changing the behavior, realizing the why didn't matter. Yeah. Because does it really matter if I'm afraid of failure, success, if I'm afraid? No. There's still only one way to mitigate fear. If you're afraid of public speaking, how do you mitigate fear? Public speaking. If you're afraid of being on video, how do you mitigate fear? Go on video. You don't want to be single anymore. How do you mitigate breaking the ice <laughs> and having your first conversation? You go do it. Yeah. 
Does the fear really matter when action is the only thing that leads to the answer? No. And this is why, like, I'm so big on do it scared. Do it scared. And this was like one of the first experiences I had in business or that I was very aware of where I had a failed launch and I had like a near zero dollar launch and just did not attract the right people. And I talk about this a lot on my show and stuff like that. And then I had a mentor and I was like, well, how do I launch again? And she was like, you just do it. And it just clicked for me. And I was like, oh, you just do it scared. You just do the damn thing. I had a 50K launch and that was my first time and the most amount of money I'd ever made in a month. And I was like, wow, you do just run towards it. You you, you literally like at some point in every human being and entrepreneur's life, they find and truly accept that lesson. Yeah. Unfortunately, most people wait until something traumatic happens or there's no life left to live. Yeah. Because if you think about it, and I hate to use really simple analogies, but my son is six Mm -hmm. and I have learned how to be a better entrepreneur by watching my son be a human being. Mm -hmm. When my son is learning how to walk, when he fell over, did he just sit on the fucking floor forever? No. No, he just stood up. Yeah. He didn't cry. He didn't beat himself up. He stood up. Yeah. That's good. What's so silly to me is like the amount of things in our life. Like if you're walking through your office and you're carrying something and you drop it, do you leave it on the floor? No. Do you pick it up and you go on? Mm -hmm. Do you stop and analyze why you dropped it and think about how you can walk across your office differently next time and mitigate the matrix so that you don't fucking drop the stickies again? Yeah. No. Pick it up and move on. What you understand is that there is no such thing as stagnation. Mm -hmm. You are either growing or dying. Yeah. You're either moving forwards or backwards. The stagnation thing, this holding area, it's a myth. Yeah. Hate to tell you, you're fucking dying. (laughs) And you're either committed to buying some time back. Yeah. Or you're committed to hopelessly spending it and lying to yourself, saying that you want to build a business to spend more time, have more money, and have more freedom with the people that you love. But yet when you're met with it, you're not taking any fucking action to do it. Yes. It's so real because sometimes people get really triggered. Now I understand what you're saying. You're like, I need to make this about myself for people to get it because, you know, one part of me, when I talk about taking inspired actions in my content, in my programs, things like that, people will be like, yes, like that's what I needed to hear. Right. Mm -hmm. There's that one group of people. The other group is like, are you condoning burnout? Are you trying to tell me that but if my mission's not aligned and they make up all this fluff yeah. because they're avoiding the actual thing that's going to move them forward. And now it makes sense why you're saying it's actually a fear of success yeah. because you lose the old identity. And I'm going to give you a deeper part that you talk about all the time. And this might collapse something for you. The true, true secret is on attachment though, mm-hmm. right? Because here, here's the thing. Typically for me, the fear of success or failure was representing itself that I had to hit certain numbers or certain Mm -hmm. KPIs to have certain things. And in hearing you answer that, what I really realized is why I win is because everything I own doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Right. Like, so for example, in March of 2020, I was, you know, clearing probably $500,000 in clear profit cash flow a month. Mm -hmm. And in 60 days it was gone. Right. And so everything, right. Three companies, I'm in a 
brand new mountain house, three new cars, four new horses, right? Because I was diversifying. I was like, I'm not paying taxes on that. I'm yeah. not paying taxes on that. Let's buy a new multi-million dollar condo, yeah. right? And I'm like, oh, great. COVID, oh, boom, everything mm-hmm. gone, right? Mastermind with 300 grand a month. Everybody lost their company, blah, 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 wow. blah, right? And so when you were answering that, I was just thinking about it because I'm sitting in Montana with you in my home, right? Uh, and I drive a Subaru Outback Wilderness, right? Like I own 11 companies, right? Like I can have any car that I want, <laughs> And when you look at like my possessions outside of my office and my car, I have my guns and my clothes. Mm-hmm. You don't see any other toys. None yeah. of it matters to me because I love what I do so much. So what was happening is that I would get that stuck and I'd have that fear. But then because I was comparing it to what everybody else had, what the car should be, what the money should be, what the funnel should look like, all of that evidence was then making it about me and how I wasn't as good as they are or I wasn't enough as them or look, Ooh, I didn't do it. And so it clouded my entire thing, but I wasn't really afraid. I was attached to the labels or the status or the identity that those things would make me. And at its core, that means it wasn't making it about the people I was going to help. There was no way for them to be in. Mm. There was no way for them to do anything. And when I really think back at every win I've ever had in business, every yeah. million dollar launch, every win, it's truly because I was like, this is the dumbest fucking idea. This is not going to work. Let's do it. Right? Like every one of them. Like yeah. if you think, if you listen to the stories, you've even seen me do this. Yeah. Like what I do should not work. <laughs> I jump on tables. I flip over chairs. I throw cups at people. I offend them. Then I love them. Then I cry with them. Then I run out of the room. Oh my God. I make inappropriate jokes. I should get canceled. <laughs> But you're always staying in integrity and that's why you always win. Yes. And so part of that means though, I don't forget that when I was an entrepreneur, I had nothing. Yeah. I wake up every day and in my stillness practice, the first thing I say every day is you just lost your wife, your kids, your friends, and your business. Mm -hmm. And you have 24 hours to earn them all back. What are you going to do today? Yeah. And I do that every morning. I don't care about my car. I don't care about my ranch. And then I find people to help aligned with what I want to do. And it always works. So good. And I want to talk about people. I want to transition. Let's talk about people. I want to talk about people because a lot of people in the online space or my followers or clients will come to me and be like, which funnel, which strategy, you know, all the how questions. And I often you know, it's easy to say when I see it in someone else's business, but when it's in my own business, I don't know. I got to look in the mirror, but talk about people and how you came to the conclusion that relationships beat algorithms. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just rip the bandit off. The only fucking thing that matters on this planet is relationships, right? That's it. That's it. Like, and, and I say this and I will say this a hundred ways. Every single thing that you've done in your life, every sale that you've made, every friend that you've had, every person, every win, every loss, every single thing underneath them had a relationship at its core. Mm -hmm. And I think people are obsessed with monetizing the wrong thing. Because if you monetize a credit card, you never get a relationship. If you monetize the relationship, you forever get the credit card. Whether you need it, whether you want it, whether they ever give it to you, the option's always there. Mm-hmm. The only true thing that I ever really care about monetizing is relationships because 
I can't be in this world and say, oh, relationships beat algorithms or I want to make an impact only if you give me your credit card. Yeah. Only if you listen to my podcast. Only if you're a Republican. Only if you're a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Only if you're this. Fuck off. Yeah. Right? Mine is simple. I don't care how much money is in my bank account. I don't care how many fucking people show up for my funeral. I don't care what you write on my headstone. I don't care what you write about me. I don't care how the world sees me. All I care about is for every day for the rest of my family's life that I know that somebody will show up and silently support them that they won't even see because I touch so many fucking lives on this world and I have impacted so many people that they will never have to fucking work a day again in their life. That is how I do business every day because that is the only thing that matters because I could walk out of this door with you today and get hit by a fucking truck. Yeah. And I know that my wife and my kids and my friends and the people I care about because of what I've done and my circle and how I care and what I do will never have to do another thing in their life even if I never ask. Mm -hmm. That's how I do business. And I only know it because I did it all the wrong way. Yeah. Because I used my trauma to become an entrepreneur and then I gaslit people into doing the work that I wouldn't do because I was hiding behind it. Teaching you how to be paleo and love your body while I was actively bulimic, emotionally cheating on my wife and being an opiate addict and bulimic at the same time while being a New York Times touring author. Mm -hmm. And then coaching people in the early days of entrepreneurship and literally being a complete antithesis to what I was teaching. And then having enough pain and enough reality and enough damage and enough feedback to really have the courage to look in the mirror and look myself in the eyes until I found love because it hurt. Mm -hmm. It still hurts to this day, no matter how much good I do. Yeah. And I thought about every moment in my life when I was angry, when I was mean, when I was an addict, when I was hurting people. But every time I hurt, somebody was there irregardless for me, even when I was hurting them. And I recognized that when I fucked people over and failed, those same people were there. And the only reason I made it was because of that. And then I realized that's the only way to make it. Yeah. And I was like, it's the only way I will do business. I will never put anything above people. I don't care. Yeah. I will implode my fucking business to take a stand for somebody's life. I don't care. Yeah. What more evidence do I need that I can build it again tomorrow? Mm -hmm. But you know what I know is that if I need to build it again tomorrow, the person I'm taking a stand for is the only one who will have the ability to help me. Yes. That's the lesson that I've learned at this point. And so, yeah, I take it fucking serious that when somebody comments on my Instagram or leaves a like or takes the time to DM me, I realized that that's somebody's mother or brother or mm -hmm. sister. That's the next president. That's the next kid that cures cancer. Like they all matter. Yeah. And I think what happens is we forget that just because it's the internet, it doesn't change it. And if you ever dare to try to treat people in your business, if it was a brick and mortar like you do on the internet, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have a fucking business. So, so good. Because one of the best things that I learned from you and it changed a lot of what I do in business was when you said, if a customer walked in the door, what would you say to them and how would you treat them? Mm -hmm. And when we go to create an email sequence or we go to create an Instagram post, we don't think like that. Nope. 
And it's like, it's so like, oh my God, that's the easiest answer. But when you're so clouded with all of the strategy and the content and the information overload, you can't see it so simply. And when you hear this beautiful example of this transformation of this evolution, you're like, how could I have ever seen it the other way? If my friend came to me, what would I say? And that's how you should do business. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And, and, And listen, we all know. Like yeah. we all know, like I know instantly, like I, I, and, and Julia will tell you this. I check myself 50 times a day. Yeah. I, the amount of radical disclosure I do <laughs> is, is uncomfortable for most people. It's my filter. Yeah. I'm like, if you make it past this, like we're really tight. Yeah. Right. Like I'm going to make sure you know what you're <laughs> getting into. Right. But the amount of freedom that comes with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the more honest I am with myself, the quicker I can take action. Yeah. Because if I'm honest with myself, it's crystal clear on what would bring it back into alignment. So when I say we know, we know. Yeah. It's that when we see it, we have to choose to do it. And I do this with men all the time. When I'm on men podcasts, I say this all the time and, and they hate it. And I'm like, and I want all of you to listen to this right now, men. You claim to be integrous men. I want you to put your hand in the air on Zoom right now. If any of you have peed in the bathroom today, got urine on the toilet seat, had the thought I should clean it up and chose to walk away. And over 75% of them put their hand up. And I was like, how many of you are going to throw something in the trash can today? Missed and said, I'll get it later, knowing you had no intention, but yet your wife or your kid or somebody else would pick it up. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to say to you, oh, you didn't. And you're going to say, oh, I didn't see it. You know if you choose to know. Yeah. No one else will know whether you wrote the email or not. No one else will know whether you sent the message or not. No one else will know whether you did the behavior or not. Integrity is what you do when nobody else knows. That's the only way to win this game. And can we talk about this for a second? Because I came into this room, I'm like, integrity equals honesty, right? It was a really surface level response. Yeah. But now that I spent these days with you, we've done so much. I've learned and like transformed so much. Mm-hmm. My ego has been stripped away. <laughs> I am like a literal newborn child, I feel like. I feel like we turned your ego into Tinkerbell. Yeah. yeah. Like glitter poof. Glitter poof. Glitter poof. And I want to know like how can people, anyone listening, live in integrity every single day? What's one small thing they can do? One of your favorite practices, my friend, stillness practice. So here, here's, here, here's my philosophy around this. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and take this word as I'm going to use my story, but yeah. I, it's going to land for all of you. But I'll let you. I'll give you permission <laughs> to accept it as your own yeah. as I break the fourth wall for you. Um, <laughs> how I summarize this for people is that uh, we spend our entire life doing everything except spending time with the one person we're guaranteed to spend the rest of our life with. Right. Mm-hmm. We build relationships with our people, with our team, with everything else. And then we claim to build it for ourselves. But my question is, when was the last time you sat still in a chair with no phone, no music and just had a conversation with yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You haven't. When was the last time you drove in the car in pure silence intentionally? Not because you were sad, but because you wanted to be with yourself. Oh, that's right. You probably haven't. When was the last time you went on that eight hour hike with the intention of exploring your own thoughts? from a place of curiosity. Oh, that's right. You have it. Yeah. Oh, but when you're met with a challenge and you're the only one who can have the answer, how are you going to find the answer if you don't go look for it? Mm-hmm. 
you have to look for it. Sadhguru um, and Mike Tyson did this interview, right? Sadhguru is like one of an incredible teacher, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have Mike Tyson on one side. And he explains this so well. We like to complicate the game. We are human beings, right? We're not gods. We're not anything like we have faults. We have flaws. None of them explain how this existential fucking meat suit held together, right? Mm-hmm. But yet we get issued it and we pretend to know how to drive it and yet refuse to open the owner's manual. And then when we don't like how it feels, instead of asking it, we tr- go try to drive it again. We go try to lap it again. We go try to race it again. We try to literally run away instead of just diagnosing the check engine light. Yeah. We don't take the time to open the owner's manual. Your owner's manual is your secret. It's where you find your truth. It's where you find your clarity. It's where you recognize that you're being triggered because something is out of alignment in the business and your willingness to ask what it is, is the answer that you're looking for. And so I had a teacher of mine uh, a very long time ago is now one of my best friends. And and I, I will never forget this story. When that happened in March of 2020, my marriage was on the rocks. Mm-hmm. It was all an atomic bomb and we got into a massive fight. It's to this was right before COVID. So it was February mm-hmm. and I was seeing the writing on the wall, right? I'd lost some consulting contracts. Like some people were getting nervous on Amazon. So I'm tilted. Yeah. We're fighting. We're in the multi-million dollar condo that we just mm-hmm. bought. Right. And, and I'm a wreck and, and we lose it. It's snowing outside. I'm in shorts, a t-shirt and I'm barefoot. We get into such a bad fight. I'm so triggered. I'm dry heaving. I'm nauseous. And I call my coach and, uh, and I like, I'm walking barefoot. It's snowing. I'm out for 45 minutes, like doing wow. cold. I, I didn't even feel it. Like I was puking. I was everywhere. And I vented for like 45 minutes. I was snotting. And yeah. then I was like, what do I do? And only he could have ever said this to me to been effective. And all he said um, was sit with it longer. See you next Tuesday. I'm not going to say that word on your podcast. And he hung up on me. And he had been my friend and my teacher for a while, but he kept reminding me that only I had my answers and I kept trying to find other ones and I didn't feel safe. And so when I was triggered, I'd run to everybody else Mm -hmm. rather than acknowledging I didn't feel safe. And so he hung up with me and, um, that changed my life. That changed my life because I recognized that every time I was triggered, every time I was hurt, every time I was upset, I had no control. I, I, it was like an out of body experience. And I was like, oh my God, because the only way to get control is to like sit with the feeling. And so it became an obsession of mine. And I'd be like, my wife would say something like, I want to talk to you, but there's like a five alarm fire going on in my belly right now. Can I have a couple minutes? Yeah. And she's like, please. (laughs) Right. She's like, thank God it took 10 years. Hello. Right. But then I'm like, oh, and then I'd be like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I'm feeling. And, 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 and those little moments where I just chose to, instead of trying to put a label on it or put her answer on it, I just said, Hey, I don't know what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And that immediately created a pause. And that pause is like the poof. It's just changing my environment to not think that my life is over. Yeah. Because when you're triggered in your sympathetic nervous system, whether you recognize it or not, your limbic system is not thinking, oh, my wife is going to leave me. Your limbic system is thinking, I'm dead. Yeah. My life is in danger. Yeah. And you do not think like that. Like the reason we train so much before we go into combat is because the moment you're in combat, you can't think. So you default to your behaviors. Yeah. You don't have a default muscle. That when you're triggered, you should pause instead of react. So you can't find it without an external stimulus or a practice or a plan to get into it. 
So my recommendation is when you recognize that you're triggered, you start to label your triggers, right? Oh, when a client emails me or I get an audio message that's mm-hmm. unopened, I get this feeling in my body. Mm-hmm. And you just identify the feeling. And you're like, when I get that feeling, next time I'm going to go for a walk or do breath work. Yeah. I'm going to go sit still and ask this question. I'm going to go do blank and do this. Mm-hmm. And you just start flexing that muscle a little bit. And then the practice of it is everywhere. And so it's not about being perfect. Yeah. I drop trash. I don't pick it up. I'm not there. It's that when I do it, I don't lie to myself about what I'm doing. Yes. So when I go home and she's like, how was your work day? And I'm like, it was okay. I thought I was really proud of myself, but I really only did two podcasts and I really don't think I was ready to work because then I watched five hours of YouTube video. And she's like, well, maybe you just needed to fill your bucket. I'm like, well, totally. I'm like, but yeah, I totally could have done more today, but yeah, I'm going to look at it. Right. And because I don't make it wrong, it allows me to see what I can change. Mm -hmm. So like the reason that world champions and Olympic gold medalists win the game is not because they look at, did I finish first or second? They're like, this is the result I got. What did I do that got to this result? What did I do that made this result worse? What can I train for to do differently so that I can win next time? Yeah. Right. And so all you need is that reflection period. You need that pause. You need that gap. And it doesn't mean every time you create it, you're going to get clarity, mm-hmm. but you're going to get closer to it. Like your hike. Like your hike. You're not going to have the emotion as this open loop running your behaviors. You yeah. might be like, God, all right, I'm going to go for a walk for 10 minutes. I'm yeah. going to sit with this. And you might be like, okay, I feel better. I don't have clarity, but that's okay. I'll put that in my calendar for tomorrow. It's no longer a fire. Yeah. It's okay to feel sad and go to the gym. It's okay to feel angry and go to the gym. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel neutral and go into the business. But as long as you're clear in your behaviors, you can make that commitment regardless of how you feel. I don't need to feel like I'm riding unicorns and rainbows to outline three podcast ideas. Mm -hmm. I don't need to feel like I'm riding unicorns and rainbows to clear my inbox, which I've wanted to do anyways, which is a mindless activity. Yeah. Do I need to clear ride unicorns and rainbows to go clear out my photo roll, even though it's been bothering me because I feel cluttered? No. What I must do is acknowledge that the longer I let that feeling control my behaviors, the longer I'm guaranteed to lose. So if I can just acknowledge that I feel sad and in that moment I couldn't clear the sadness, I ask myself, well, I can feel sad, but I said I want these things. So if I want these things, which one of these things can I go do right now? Because what I figured out at this point is the moment I do one of them, I get clarity on why I was sad. And so it's just this moment of constantly bringing yourself into the present moment and saying, there's a fork in the road. Mm -hmm. What's the next best step? Not what are the next 70 steps, the next 100 steps, the perfect step. Nope. You are running a 1 million mile marathon. All I care about is where you put your foot next. So good. And so when you get triggered... When you get overrun, when you get emotional, you need to train yourself, condition yourself. Go listen to my podcast on the Wedge of Expectations and the SOS model. I teach all of this for free. Go listen to it. Just fucking use it. Please Please do. Please use it. Because he's going to keep creating it until you do. Please. And Julia (laughs) will tell you it works. Like I've watched it work like 10 times in the last two days, right? And so the moment is recognizing I'm going to get punched in the face. Yeah. Okay, cool. When I get punched in the face, I probably shouldn't keep fucking standing there. Yeah. I should probably duck or move or put my hands up or take a step back. So recognize where the things trigger you. Are you triggered when you get emails at a certain time? Are you triggered when Zoom calls go over? Are you triggered when blank? 
And then when you get triggered, now you know, oh, there it is. Wow, why am I triggered? All right, pause for a minute. Go to my breath. Get out of the environment mm-hmm. and just give yourself a moment to get clarity. And, yeah. and I'll give you a tangible example because I said this to Julia. You might be running a coaching call with 20 women mm-hmm. and you want to talk about spirituality. And then she gets triggered and says, yeah, but I want to talk about blank. And you get triggered. Well, you can't go back to teaching about spirituality if you're triggered because if you don't close that loop, all you're going to be thinking about that. And you might be like, Let's pick Sandra. I won't use Karen because I like your audience. Hey, Sandra. (laughs) Sandra, I understand you're triggered. Actually, hold on. Pause. I'm actually super triggered. Yeah. Not from you, but I'm feeling like emotions and anxiety and I'm not going to be able to process on this call. So I hear you. Can we put a bow in this? I want to acknowledge how you feel, how I feel. I want to finish the spirituality at the end. Let's see if we can unpack this together Mm -hmm. or I need to reflect and I'll shoot you a message. But that's how you bring it back into integrity. If you're having a conversation with your spouse, just like I do with my wife or my team, when I sit down with my team, any one of them, the first thing we do is set our intention. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's your highest intention for this call? And he'll be like, I want to have clarity on this and this, and I want to feel supported and like my ideas are heard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, amazing. I want to do this and this and this and boom. We're like, great. Mm-hmm. So we start talking. If at any moment one of us runs down a rabbit hole, the other one's like, hey, Remember our intention? Ah, ah, got it. Yeah. Thank you. Remember we said this meeting was only about this? Yeah. Ah, we'll talk about that. We'll schedule another meeting. Yeah. You can practice integrity everywhere. Yeah. And that's where it's like, it's so much more than truth. It's relationship to self. It's honesty, authenticity, showing up in your best self. And I think every moment, like it's just being truthful in your relationship to self. That's really how I feel about it. And that is the place that allows you to grow because me making a choice to not go to the gym because I'm tired is very different than me beating myself up because I didn't go to the gym because Mm -hmm. I just refused to honor myself and realize that any choice I make is the right choice if I'm making it for the right reason. That's really the game. Just like the other night with your face mask or your plane ticket. Yeah. So... I wanted to close the loop. To reference these examples, I looked myself in the mirror. I I bought this skincare. You guys know I love BR, Biologique. (laughs) I don't even know how to say it. Refer, whatever. So I've been spending a lot of money on skincare. Got a really amazing esthetician. I'm actually about to even do like an in-person speaking event. Love it. Uh, One of my first. Actually, might be my first ever. Um, So I spent like $600 on these products. And the first day after I got back from our first day of the intensive, I looked myself in the mirror and I'm like, I really don't want to do my face mask, but I spent $600 on these products. My esthetician told me the only way I'm going to see results is if I use the product once a week. And I'm like, yeah, but things haven't worked for me in the past. She's like, well, have you been consistent? And the answer was no. So I looked myself in the mirror and I said, I can go to bed right now. Or I can put on the face mask, wait 10 minutes, wash it off, do the whole nine yards. My ladies know how the face masks work. They're a process. And I chose to do the face mask. And it felt so good because I was in integrity with myself. Mm -hmm. And that's what I told you. Mm -hmm. And with the plane ticket, after after that conversation yesterday, I was like, 
Marcos, we gotta we gotta bump this to first class because we felt like shit on the way here. I know you told me, and I was like, we don't feel good. I was like, I don't feel my best. I want to feel empowered in this room. Like I'm doing, you know, amazing work and. Of course, I still do. But just looking back on it, I'm like, what could have been the change? I got the worst sleep. I remember I was telling you, like, the first night we were here, I was, like, sick to my stomach, nauseous. We went nine hours without eating, the time zone, like, all these things. And now I'm like, we got to book it. So yesterday, last night, just full open transparency, we're looking at the flights and we're like, ooh, this is a lot. And then I was like... Yeah, but we knew that. Like we knew what the price of these flights were going to be. Yep. So I'm like, let's just let's just take a pause for a second, right? Let's just take a, a gut check. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was, a poof. Yep. I'm like, let's take a gut check. And I'm like, let's both close our eyes. And I said, what would our future self say right now? Instantly, we both said, buy the ticket. Yeah. Open our eyes, hit submit. All the info was already filled out. And it was like the easiest decision because I was acting from the future me, Mm -hmm. not from the scared lack. Oh, my God, I need to do this. Or else, like, I'll judge myself and, like, all the stories and making it right or wrong. And what I want to say is that your stretches should be congruent to your position. Yeah. Right? Like, I wouldn't say, hey, Julia, (laughs) I'm flying to Austin on the jet next week. You should pay for half the (laughs) ticket with me. That would not be okay. Yeah. The only difference is at different levels of the game, the yeah. only thing that changes is the decimal point. Yeah. But it's always the same thing. And so what you want to find is the congruent stretch, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, whether it's, hey, every time I fly, I always stay at a Holiday Inn Express and I fucking hate it. Yeah. The nicer hotel is $69 more a month yeah. or a night. Okay. You know what? I can change this behavior. I can easily generate $400 of revenue to cover the hotel, right? So it's about finding the one that's congruent to you. It's not about stretching and burning the ships. You will never hear me say this is dumbest fucking advice you'll ever hear in your life, okay? You burn the ships when you're an addict. You don't burn the ships when there's money involved and your bank account and your liability. You fucking hear me? (laughs) And anybody who says it, send it my way. He looks right into the camera. I, I don't fuck around when it comes to bad advice. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. But I wanted to say something because you said this a minute ago about your skincare. Yeah. And you were like, I know the only way to get results is consistency. Yeah. Right? When you are committed to working out and getting stronger, you know it's not about intensity. It's only about consistency. Mm -hmm. Right? When you want to be better at writing, you know it's about consistent writing. Right? Mm -hmm. When you want to be better at parenting, it's about consistency with your kids over a great span of time. Mm -hmm. You want to be better at cooking, you cook more. Right? Yeah. Let me tell you how fucking simple success is but what you have to understand is the reason you struggle is because it's fucking boring Mm -hmm. so the reason you have to be unattached is because if you're getting a payoff in your business on either side it is an emotional based decision and you're going to stop doing the boring things that work yeah you have to understand this say it again if you are getting a payoff in the business if writing that email sequence either makes you feel bad or good you still have not figured out the game yet yeah Because if you are making and getting a payoff, you are seeing it as an emotion versus a tool and logic Mm. to achieve something that will allow you to feel whatever emotion you want to feel. Yeah. But that doesn't belong in. And the reason I say that is because in the very beginning, for everybody listening to this, if you have ever made at least $1,000 or $500, if you look back at how you did it, there were only two or three behaviors that you did consistently every single day that made that happen. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what yours were? You're asking me now? Yeah, but I I remember what mine are. Every single offer. 
yeah. every consulting offer. Like just I can think about people, it. Like I remember creating relationships, talking to people. I re- I, re- I remember every single one. I'm like, yeah. once I had something, I was like, oh yeah, I just kept finding the right people. And every time I heard no, I'm like, oh, I guess it's not like that person. I'll say this. Let me find another one. Let me find another one. Right. So if you're willing to look, mm-hmm. when you look at what Instagram video got the most views, if you look at what email got the most opens, if you look at what behaviors yeah. got the best results, and then you tell me that the core function of your business is finding people and giving them that offer, you're choosing to fucking fail Yeah. if you don't protect those behaviors. Because here's what I say. Commitment is not feelings because I promise you and for you and I said this to you, I was like, I promise you if you literally write three things a day, record an embodiment video and follow these behaviors every day and do nothing else for the next 12 months, can you see how $500,000 would appear in your fucking plate? And you're like, crystal. (laughs) And I'm like, I know because success is boring. Yeah. So when you get emotional – you look for the things that change your emotional experience instead yeah. of looking for the boring thing that you can do that's guaranteed to work irregardless of how you feel. So good. So good. The three things is really powerful. So if you want a book, read Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. Clockwork. It breaks down what your queen bee role is. You can find the functions. There's a lot of books about it, but that's the easiest one. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. But but I, I, I genuinely mean this. Like I'm a podcaster, right? I have a podcast. So I don't care how bad of a day I'm doing. Mm -hmm. If in my business, one of my core functions is to record three episodes a week and it's Friday and it's 2 p.m. and I have two shows left to record and I get hit with a lawsuit, but I can't talk to my attorney till Monday. I don't care. I made a commitment. And if I don't post those two podcasts and record them, I'm guaranteed to create permanent damage based on a temporary feeling. Yes. Permanent damage based on a temporary feeling. I like that. And so if I look at it, I'm like, okay, cool. I get to do these podcasts, yeah. right? But I have to be in integrity. So I have to clear how do I drop in? And so sometimes I'll start those shows. And I'm like, whoo, we got a topic today, but I just got smacked in the mouth. <laughs> and I feel like crying and not recording this podcast. <laughs> <sighs> All right, here we go. And then everyone's like, thanks for being honest. Yeah. Right? Integrity also buys you a permission slip to start the race. Yeah. Because the moment you say it, it's no longer there. But we can agree that every week something's going to hit me in the face. Mm -hmm. And if every time it does, I convince myself that that's more important than the functions that are guaranteed to move my business forward, Mm -hmm. I'm not winning. And I was like, well, what are my functions? I'm like, well, if you have anybody that paid you fucking money Mm -hmm. and they are not using your product or not getting a result, I will tell you where to go spend every ounce of your time. Yeah. Well, no, 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 they're good, but nobody's buying it. I'm like, well, what are the last five ways that people bought your product? Look, I did this, I did this. How many times have you done that today? I haven't. Then why the fuck are you talking to me? You're sad because you're not making sales. This is the five things you should do to not be sad anymore. Go do them. So good. And it's like, it's just kind of to just wrap this all together is that it's so simple, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we'll put on these masks to hide from the answer that we know is true and to really remove those masks. It comes from stillness. It comes from quieting the noise, quieting your mind, whether that looks like a 10 minute meditation. My floor is now three deep breaths when I can't make it to the 10 minute meditation 
And it's like finding that one thing that you're like, no matter what, yep. I got this. Like, yep. this is my thing. It could yep. be a word. It could be a poof. Just pausing to get yourself back in check because it's so simple. What you're really doing is you're claiming your power back. Yeah. Right? Like, for a lack of better terms, yeah. when you're in reaction, you think you're in the driver's seat, but your emotions are. Yeah. The moment you pause, you grab the steering wheel back. Yeah. And so it really boils down to what behavior do I choose in that moment that reinvigorates my power? Like I think every entrepreneur should fucking work out every day. Mm -hmm. It required. I don't care if it's yoga, Pilates, sex, dancing, running, laughing. I don't care. I love that. You were one of the only biological creatures that doesn't have a natural drainage system for our lymphatic system. Mm -hmm. An a gazelle is about to get eaten by a lion and makes it away. You watch it shake and shiver, and then it pretends that nothing happened. We get hit with 85 pieces of trauma an hour, and then we think that if we turn our laptop off at 10.30 at night, watch Netflix for an hour, and then pass out on our phone, that we're going to wake up and feel fucking incredible. Yeah. No. You're also not recognizing that the things that I'm telling you are also the secrets to your success. Yeah. And so... I've yet to meet somebody that's like, my life is over. My whole life is ending. I have no clarity. And I'm like, go run up the mountain. And they come back and say any of the shit they said to me before. Yeah. Or gone and listened to their favorite song with their favorite memory and came back with the same wound. Yeah. Or went and spent 10 minutes running around and playing tag with their kid and then told me they didn't remember why they started their business. Mm. It's that we have the evidence in front of us. But like the quote in my bathroom, there are only two wolves. And you have the ability to choose which one you feed. And you can either feed the story that gets you a result or you can feed the story that keeps you stuck. But you're the only one who can take the next bite. This is just like everything that you say is like really so transformative. But like just really feeling like we were in such like a great conversation. Like this is how we've been talking for days, guys. Yeah, yeah, this is what it looks like. And it's just so awesome to just feel like we are one in the same, but also look up to you so much. Like you have changed my life in just these three days. I really mean it. And I don't, I, I don't say that often. Received, very much received. And it's just been so beautiful and magic. So really just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Is there any closing thoughts for I, you? Yeah, I think there's some important ones for people listening. Like I'm going to give you a couple of my scripture statements. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she'll remind you what those are at some point or we'll teach them to you yeah. as we get you from six to seven figures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm just seeding her future. You're welcome. Yeah. Get ready. It's coming. <laughs> so you better build your fucking businesses now because if you want seven, hit your six because we got some magic. <laughs> We're going to call it poof or Trinity or something. I don't know. We're, we're throwing a lot yeah. out there. But listen, I'm obsessed with taking things that it took me 20 years to understand and giving them to you in fortune cookies so you understand that there's nothing left for you to learn. If any of my fortune cookies landed and you're like, I get that. That's the one thing. Oh my God, I don't do that. You cannot ask me how again. I need you to take that one thing right now, whatever that thing is, whatever your intuition said, and just make a commitment that you'll try it for 30 days. Because I promise you, the reason I struggled for so long as an entrepreneur is because I was convinced that what I had was not enough. But once I started taking action, I realized everything I was missing only came when I started. Mm. And so you have to start, whether it's reading a book I recommended Don't buy the book. Say, I'm going to finish this book in the next three weeks and this is my intention. 
If you're going to start a stillness practice, say, I'm going to schedule it in my calendar. Here's my intention. I'm doing it for 30 days. If you want to start learning something new, before you throw it out, you have to give it a chance to work. Mm-hmm. And so nothing in your life is broken if you're sitting here still wondering why. Because if it was as broken as you convinced yourself it was, the only thing you would be doing is hustling on needle movers right now. You know, just one final closing thought based on what you shared. Like thinking about when you really needed it, right? I think back when I was 25K in debt, I needed money. I needed it. I knew how to make it. Yes. I knew how to make it rain. I knew how to make it happen. Yeah. But then when you're comfortable as fuck and you're like, yep. I'm trying to reach a new height, but I'm good. I'm not, I'm not scared. I, I got it going on. I'm safe. Yep. That's a new kind of success, a new kind of magic because you're not operating from a place of fear. Yep. You're operating from that place of consistency and trust. And I'll, and I'll say this because there's a lesson in there for everybody to know. I have a rule. And if I walk into my office and into my company and I feel like everything's coasting, I break something on purpose. Because if I don't, something big is going to break very quickly. The moment you think when you cross the finish line that you are going to win the next race, you just guarantee that you come in last place. You cannot ever think that you've made it. Mm-hmm. A student says, I already know. And a master says, thanks for the reminder. I know less now (laughs) than I did 15 years ago. And my obsession with how stupid I am. (laughs) I can't take you serious when you say that. Is why I'm so smart. Because I don't pretend to know. I'm like, oh. Let me go learn. Mm -hmm. And I was telling Julia this, like I intentionally consume content of people I disagree with Mm -hmm. politicians, politics. Like I don't talk about that shit because I don't care Mm -hmm. about it. Like I don't care what side you're on when shit happens. I will still take care of you. Okay. We still bleed the same color, even though we don't remember (laughs) that dumbasses. I love you. Um, But it's, it's really, 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 really important to remember this. I, I mean that and it's a paradox, but the more I challenge my thinking, the more other answers and paths I find to easy success. But if you pretend to know, if you think you know, you don't know. Yes. And so my favorite question in my stillness practice, especially when I have a challenge, <laughs> is one of the two following questions. And this will be the last thing I promise. What are you pretending not to know? Mm-hmm. And what are you pretending not to see? Because I will tell you right now, and you've learned this lesson and everybody else will resonate with this lesson. I want to live. Mm -hmm. I am clear. I have attempted my life. I've done the work. If you're listening to this, if you're having awarenesses, and I'm going to be really blunt and say something most people won't say on a podcast. If you're thinking about ending your life and you haven't, it's because you want to fucking live. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm. We want to be here. Yeah. You belong here. We deserve it. Like we have to give away this gift. Yeah. We have to play this game. And so when you recognize that you genuinely want to live, you get to start playing the game. But you have to recognize that it's a game. 
And at any moment, in any point, you have to choose the next step. Because I say that because I lied to myself for years. And I said, I want to live. I want to live. And I was like, I'm too chicken shit to take my life. Mm -hmm. But what I failed to recognize is that I was just slowly killing myself with my behaviors. Yeah. And lying to myself. And the reason I say that is because I have an 18-year-old daughter. I have a 6-year-old son. I have a wife. I have friends. I have teams. I have you. And if you came to me as a friend and said, I need a million dollars in the next 30 days to save my life, I would need a day. And nothing would get in my way. If you told me I needed this in the next week to do blank, Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing would get in my way. And I found that every time I struggled as an entrepreneur, it's because I was pretending that I didn't really love my vision and I was lying to myself that I couldn't have it. And so I was like, oh, I can have it by not working hard. And I'm like, no, this is life or death. Mm -hmm. This is business. This is freedom. This is options. This isn't a fucking hobby. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Yeah. That's why we grow so much. That's why we learn so much. That's why we have the impact. Stop asking to change the rules of the field Mm -hmm. and recognize that you agreed to play the game. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to play, at least try to win because it really is the only way. And so be gentle on yourself and recognize that whatever you've done, whatever behaviors, whatever actions, they're the reason that you're here. And you have to love every part of you to allow those tools to happen. Am I proud of being emotionally abusive or cheating or lying or stealing or killing people or being? No, mm-hmm. no. But those experiences are what shaped who I am to be the husband I am today, to be the father I am today. And I have a long road ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I have 1% of this game figured out, but I'm excited about the other 99 Because I did those behaviors, I'll never do those again. Mm -hmm. And I can honor them. And because of them, I have depth and capacity to walk and challenge. Like, what are you going to hit me with that I (laughs) haven't walked through? And for those listening, you have all the evidence you need. Yes. And so just remember that you have the choice. And if you need support, take it. Because this is not a game that you should ever try, ever think, or ever believe that you should do alone. Community team we're humans we're creatures there is enough for everybody just ask if you're in a bucket that makes you feel good stay in it and get rid of the other buckets Mm -hmm. if you're in buckets that make you feel like shit find a new bucket and get rid of the other buckets if you've been stalking julia's podcast and not dming her fucking slide into (laughs) her dms if you're not in her school group but yet you want to be like the women in the fucking group. How about you just go click join? And you're like, well, I don't know where the link is. Well, how about you shoot her a DM? <laughs> just try something different. I love it, George. You are amazing. For everybody listening, this has been another episode of the Mind of George. So remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. So I'll either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we are out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. 
Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.